Give him praise this morning. You guys may be seated. Like that intro. I don't know why Greg and, and Steve didn't use that before, but I like that one, so I, I went for it. Um, well, we are continuing our series today on most dangerous prayers. And if you missed the last two weeks, uh, week one, Steve Hammis started us off with a prayer of, Lord, make me bold. And that is such an awesome prayer. And last week, unless you went downstairs and heard uh, Bobby speak, Greg spoke on the prayer. Uh, Lord, speak to me. And we're going to be continuing this series today uh, with the prayer, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And I don't know, I, I, was, I was crying like a baby uh, right over there just a few minutes ago. The presence of God is so strong in here today, and I don't know, I feel it. But if I start crying, I'm already, I'm sorry, all right? I'm not normally a Hallmark person, all right? But sometimes when God just hits me, like, oh man, it just, it, they start flowing, I can't stop it. Um, and today, this prayer Uh, that we're going to be talking about, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. It's a powerful prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. Truly, I prayed this prayer a number of times, and God just just rocked me hardcore and did some amazing things. I'm going to share with you a few stories. But um, when I was praying, and Greg asked me to speak on this a while ago, uh, and I was was just going before the Lord, and God said, hey, before anybody can come and pray this prayer— they really have to know me in my heart first. So you can't pray a prayer, God, break my heart for what breaks yours if you've never experienced the depth of God's love for you. You can't give somebody what you don't have. If you've never been filled with the love and the power and the passion of God that God has for you, you can't go and share that with someone else. So, and you guys may be there thinking, man, Steve, you know, he preached on boldness. That's awesome. Love to be bold. Greg preached on, man, God, speak to me. How many of you guys, we all love God speaking to us. That, that's a great prayer. But some of you guys are like, God, break me. God, break me. You made me like this guy. You're like, hey, that was awesome. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I want that break. That's not too cool. But listen, I'm hoping that no matter what, you're still like this guy. See, the wave got him. And God, I pray, gets you today, all right? He wasn't able to escape it. And I hope you're not able to escape God uh, today, all right? So um, now, what we're going to start off with, because I can't just go into the Lord God breaking me. Uh, We're going to start off in Ephesians. in a powerful prayer that Paul prays. And I'm going to read to you the first couple verses Starting in verse 17, it's going to be up there on the slides. Uh, but I just pray that you would follow with me. The first couple of verses actually really hit off of, of what uh, Steve started in the first week about empowering. But here's the deal. Paul, the apostle, he's been called by the Lord to go into the world, to speak to all the Gentiles, everybody who's not Jewish, to go tell them about the mysteries of Jesus, the love of God. But he's speaking to the Ephesians right now and he's telling them, hey, you guys need to experience God's love. So let's start off. And again, I'm going to be reading starting in verse 14. And he says, when I think of all these things, 
I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray from his glorious foundations, his unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then in verse 17. Then Christ will make his home deep within your hearts as you trust in him. And that's my heart. This prayer I'm echoing today. This prayer, I want you to pray this prayer with me. This prayer, Paul spoke over almost 2,000 years ago. But what he's saying here, he's crying out to God. He's saying, man, I'm hoping, I'm praying that God's going to make his his home deep within your heart. And you're going to begin to trust him. You're going to be able to see who this God is that you serve and how much he loves you. In verse 18, it says, may you have the power to understand. May God give you the understanding as God, of all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high God's love is for you. And I know it's crazy. Like when you really think about how much God really loves us, it should blow your mind. And sometimes I have the picture, you know, in the background of somebody jumping into the ocean. I don't know if you've ever like gone scuba diving or, or gone snorkeling and you've been way out and deep in the ocean and you look and you can't even see the bottom. Sometimes it's even a little scary. I don't know what fish is going to come up and bite my toes or eat me. All right. I get a little nervous. All right. But if you ever go to some place where there's cool fish or coral, man, it's, it's, it's a different world down there under the sea. All right. All right. But we got to move on. Okay, so next verse. May you experience the love of God. Though it's too great for you to possibly understand. And you think, you look up to, this, to the, the sky someday when, you know, there's no big moon out. Uh, and you're out somewhere where there's no lights. You look up and you're, you've ever been amazed by how big the sky is? Then you think about, man, this little earth compared to some of the the stars out there, we're just tiny. He said, then when you fully understand, then you will be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all the glory to God who is able to do his mighty power and his work through us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. And, and really, I want to tell you, I've had experiences in my own life where God has rocked me. I, I've prayed this prayer, Lord, break me. And I've seen God do some amazing, incredible, incredible works. But you see, before we can pray this prayer, my heart is for you today that God wrecks your heart. I know I spoke on this in youth group just over a little over a week ago. But if we want to see this world change, if we want God to work through us, if we want to pray that prayer, God, break my heart for what breaks yours, we first have to experience God's awesome love in our own life. We have to have that our own experience and our own taste of how God loves us, our own touch, our, our own touch from God's heart to ours. Last week, Bobby was here, and it was so awesome to listen to him speak to you, and we got to hear him downstairs. And when he was speaking, when he was done, you know, I I always wonder, how can somebody that's been through such a hardship, and if you don't know Bobby's story, he had a drunk driver crash his pickup truck through his bedroom window when he and his wife were sleeping there. And that truck crushed his wife. That truck suffocated him. And I don't know, how, how can somebody still be so in love with God when they've been through so much hurt and through so much pain? 
How can you still love God? And he told me, he said, Kevin, he's like, what I have to do every day is I have to go before God and I have to, I, I hold my hands like this, Kevin. He says, he says, like I picture my heart in my hand. He said, Lord, whatever's broken, whatever's there, whatever needs to be touched from you, I pray, God, that your blood would cover it, that you would fill me, that you would help me forgive that man that killed my wife and help me to love every single person that I come in contact with. Help me. It's such a powerful thing, and we did it with the youth. And Greg, I don't know where my prop went. Oh, there we go. I <laughs> didn't even see it back there. All right. <laughs> Told you I'd be a mess. All right. That's good. All right. So that's my prayer for you guys, that you guys would have a revelation of God's own love for you, because he becomes the source. See, before we're filled with God's love, I mean, especially we grew up here in New England, and let's be honest with you, we're not the kindest people, all right? Sometimes you can wake up in the morning and be all chippy. You know, you had a great night's sleep. You go to somebody, hey, how's it going? Why are you talking to me? I haven't even had my coffee yet. Come on. You know, they get upset with you, and you're just trying to be nice, right? That happens, all right? Girls know? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, all right? But here's the thing. When, when we start connecting with God as our source. When we see him and we start going before him, we're asking, Lord, Lord, pour out your spirit in me. God, fill me with your love. Fill me with your hope. Fill me with all that stuff that, that I don't really have in me. He starts filling us and we start to get full. We start to get full. And, 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 and God changes us and he starts taking all the hurts, all the brokens, all the pain. It's the great exchange. He takes that and he puts his love, his joy, his peace inside of us, Right? And it's only then, after God's really wrecked us, and he keeps filling us, he keeps filling us. And what happens when he fills us, right? He starts to overflow. But when we pray this prayer, Lord, break me. Lord, crush me. All that love, all that peace, it starts to just gush out of us. It starts to impact the world around us. And that's the place where I want us to get to. That's when we can pray that prayer. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And, and I just want to tell you, you know, a story, a couple of stories. The first story I'm going to tell you happened in my own life. And, and I was, you know, just a teenager, not even 20 years old, old yet, just a young kid. Uh, went away to my first year at college, had a great time. And during that time, man, I, you know, I grew up in the public school where I was, I was, uh, in the, <laughs> I was one of the only Christians, and it was super tough. You know what I mean? To, to stand up, to be bold, to, to, to let everybody else out there know that I was a Christian, to lead a Bible study. It wasn't easy. But I went away to a Christian school. And I'm telling you, it was like, like a breath of fresh air. And that year, I just spent soaking in God's love and, and having some amazing friends. And I got back to uh, my hometown, my home church, Braintree, Massachusetts. And I went to visit the youth group. Hadn't seen them for a while. And I walk in and, and I notice my youth pastor's not there because he's off having his first kid. And my two best friends, they're preaching the message. But I walk in and I look and I see these young people over in the, in, in the corner. And one of these guys, he looks like he's angry. He looks like something happened, like something's broken inside him. So I pray the simple prayer. God, I don't know what's up with this kid. He, he's around the same age as I am. But God, how, can we show this kid your love? Somehow, can we, can we, God, can you show this kid how much you love him? And I pray that prayer. 
And I'm sitting in the back and I'm listening to my two best friends as they're preaching the word. And they start telling story after story. They're preaching on, on living on the fence. And then they tell a couple stories about how friends that they knew that were around their own age passed away within that year. One kid got drunk, smashed into uh, a tree, wrecked his car, passed away. I think his dad was even a minister. It's really sad. And, and the last story that he gets to, and I'm gonna, I should back up for a second. While he's praying this prayer, I'm still talking to God and I'm doing what, what Craig did. I'm listening. All right. And God's telling me all this stuff. And I started writing it down. I find no cards. I start writing it down, writing it down, writing it down. And I go up to one of the youth leaders. I say, hey, I don't know who's giving the altar call here today, but here's just some ideas. Here's some things that God's speaking to me right now. And that lady looked at me. She's like, if God's speaking to you and they give an altar call, you should go up and do it. I'm like, me? I was like, I haven't seen anyone for almost a year. I don't, I don't want to go up there. I'm not, I'm a little nervous. But here's the last story. He tells about how one young man that week, a few days before, was out on a boat and he was drinking. And he somehow fell overboard and he ended up drowning. And when my friend Richard started telling that story, that kid stood up and he said, hey, what do you know about that story? He says, you want to know about that story? Come ask me because I was there. That was my best friend that died. So you can imagine all of us in there like, oh my gosh, what do we do now? Dead silent. Everybody looked around. What, like, what do we do? What, what do we close? And then everybody started looking at me. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and what did I do? I took those cards and I said, Lord, if you want to do something here, use me. But I'm putting these cards down and I'm going to go up and you just speak, speak whatever you want to speak. And I remember getting up there, you know, in front of everybody and being super nervous, kind of like I am today, um, and talking, right? And I kid you not, I just felt something behind me. I, I, I wish I could see, you know, in the spiritual realm, because I, I think that there was like an angel and he was pouring something over me. And I just started going off about God's love, about the gospel message, about how much he loved, you know, all of us. And this is what happened. And I kid you not, it was the weirdest thing because I never asked the kid to come forward. And he just walked right up and he stood right next to me, just nodding his head. He's like, I want that. And I led this guy to the, the Lord that day. And it was awesome. I saw him a few weeks later, bought him a Bible, and he was still getting into trouble. Um, you know, and, and, I, and you know, I went away to college and, and he probably bounced back and forth like a couple times. But I hadn't seen him in a long time. But you know what happened? This is awesome. Years later, God asked me to play in a church down in Dallas. And I was there flying from home, visiting my parents, coming back down there. And I was in the DFW airport. And this kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, I remember you. You're the one that gave me that Bible. I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? He's like, yeah, I just moved down here. I've met a bunch of people from Oklahoma and I'm going to be a youth pastor. We're playing a church. I was like, whoa. And I'm going to tell you, there was nothing super crazy special you know, about me, except for the fact that, that I just asked the Lord, God, I see this kid who's broken. God, can you show this kid how much you love him? All right. And there's so many people in the Bible that God's used. So many people, right? And, and I, I could have this, this slide filled of names, filled of different, different people. Um, and you guys know real quick the story of Moses, right? And the reason why I use him is because this guy, when he was born, you know, 
Pharaoh tried to kill him. They saved his life. They threw him in the reed basket down the river. Pharaoh's daughter picks him up, grabs him. He gets to grow up, you know, in royalty. But he realizes his true identity. He realizes that he's one of the Hebrew slaves. They're getting beaten and taken advantage of every day. But here's the thing. He had that passion for his people. But instead of trying to rescue him with the power of God, whose power did he try to use? His own strength. And he ended up killing a guy. <laughs> and he ends up getting, getting him running away to exile for 40 years. But God still had a plan for his life. God wasn't done with him. 40 years later, God calls him. He meets the Lord at a burning bush. And he's still scared. He's still nervous. He doesn't want to go back. You know, he makes this excuse about how he's a stutterer. About he's not a good speaker. But God fills him with his spirit. He goes up to Pharaoh and he says those famous words. Let my people go. And God does one of the most crazy feats. One of the most crazy amount of miracles. Ten plagues. And I'm not going to go into those, but he also sees eventually the sea part and Pharaoh's army destroyed and his people delivered. Another person, David, just a young shepherd boy, 13 years old. God sees a heart, a heart of a man that's after his. And God calls him to be the next king of, of Israel because the king had gone and started turning his heart from God. And even this young boy his father asked him to go bring some cheese and crackers to his bigger brothers, right? The strong ones at the front of the lines where, where there's a battle that's about to brew. And out there, he sees this giant, this giant that's crying out, that's making fun of God, that's calling out the army of the living God. And something doesn't sit right with him. He says, who is this guy out there? Who's this Philistine that's making fun of my God and my people? He's like, I, don't know, I ain't gonna have it. I don't care if I'm 13 years old. I'm going to go take him out if you won't. And he looks at him like he's crazy, right? And Saul gives him his armor. Saul says, hey, you can use my sword. He says, you know what? I don't need that. I don't need that religious stuff. <laughs> Just kidding. I just need the Holy Spirit. See, God. And he goes out there with a rock and a sling. And when everybody looked at him and everybody said, hey, this guy's too big. He said, hey, this guy's too big to miss. And he hits him right in between the eyes. Say so he knew that this fight wasn't his. He wasn't going to fight it with a sword or a javelin, but he was going to go after him with the spirit of the Lord. And he took him out. He cut off his head. And then the enemy started to run. And everybody saw that day who was God and who was king. The God of Israel. And not to mention Jesus. I mean, when he walked this earth, he was born to die on the cross. He was born to set us free. He walked around with the sinners. He made the tax collectors, the fishermen, some people that people would, you know, especially, I'm not going to go into tax collectors, but if you ever research them and look them up, they were literally what you would call the scum of the earth, traitors. People who would steal money from the good people and give it to the terrorists of that time. Those are the people that he ate and he dined with. And what did the religious leaders do at that time? They looked at him like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You're a real good speaker, but we don't understand this. How can you love these people? The prostitutes, he didn't care. He loved on them because he knew that they were the one that needed his love the most. 
So let's talk about New Hampshire for a second. New Hampshire, the least church state in the country. Manchester, the city that we're in right now, recently has been the top three cities of opioid deaths in the whole country. Does this stuff bother you? Does this make you upset? Does this break your heart? It bothers me. <laughs> so I asked Greg if I could come and be the youth pastor here, or youth leader here. Because here's the deal. There's, a lot, there's so many kids out there who don't know the Lord. I know Central. I know Memorial. I know West. I don't think there's Bible studies or FCAs going on there. I want to see that happen. I'm going to tell you, my goal as a youth pastor here is I want to see 5,000 kids come to know the Lord. That might be a big, that, would, that we, we wouldn't be able to put them anywhere here. But uh, that's what I want to see. Because what's going to happen if these kids don't grow up knowing the Lord? What are they going to do? What are they going to become? Where are they going to end up? As believers, there's no greater sign of surrender than asking God to break our hearts for what breaks his. When you say that prayer, you're saying, God, use me. God, take all I am. God, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, they're not mine anymore. They're yours. Use them. There's so many people out there that are broken and hurt. God, help me to love them the way you love them. We need to ask ourselves this question. Does our heart break for the things that God cares about the most? People. Because we care about a lot of things, right? And a lot of prayers we pray are really selfish. A lot of things we do are really selfish. But we can tell how we spend our, our, our time, our money and minutes, where our passions really lie. And in James 2, I'm not going to read this out. This is where James says, our faith without works is dead. He says, if somebody comes to you and their brother and they need clothes or they're hungry, and you say, oh man, good luck with that. I'll be praying for you. And then walk the other way. He said, what good is that? I didn't call you just here to come to church and sit and be a fan in the stands. I called you here to really love people. I called you here because I want your heart to break like my heart breaks. I'm going to tell you one more story. A number of years ago, a man by the name of Henry Demers asked me to go help him on Valentine's Day. He had this idea where he was going to take the homeless of Manchester, rent out a movie theater, and he wanted to invite all the homeless to come in to get out of the cold in the middle of winter and go watch a movie and get some popcorn and drink and, and just have a reprieve from the cold. And he wanted these people to know that they were loved and that somebody cared about them. And when Henry demurs, he said, no, we're going to use one of the Mount Zion buses. And I was working there at the time. And he said, Kevin, will you come and you help me? And I'm going to be really transparent with you and really honest with you. He's like, you know what? I've worked with kids my whole life and they're cute most of the time. <laughs> All right. And, and it's easy for me to love little kids, but I don't know about loving a homeless person. Sometimes they smell, maybe they smell like alcohol, maybe they smell like urine, or, or I don't know, they, sometimes they act crazy or weird. God, I know you love them, but I, in my heart, I don't see myself right now loving them like you love them. And I prayed a prayer. I said, God, help me to love these people like you love them. So that day I showed up, I jumped on the bus, we were carting people back and forth to the Cinemagic that is now a different name in Hooksit. 
And we watched, I think, The Hobbit, a very long movie. <laughs> but, but I was there, you know, trying to love people, doing the best I can to serve them. Halfway through the movie, a group of individuals came out and they said, you know something, Kevin? Thank you so much for what you did today. You made me feel so loved. I was blown away. It's like, God, you answered my prayer. And then in a couple weeks later, 1269, they said, hey, would you come and would you speak there? And you know what I thought? Man, out of all the churches in Manchester, if Jesus were to show up on a Sunday, what church would he be at? And I thought, man, he'd probably be at 1269. That's where all the hurt, the lost, the most needy people, they're there. And I went there. And when I'm there praying before I'm speaking, again, I'm I'm crying. God's hitting me of his love for these people. I'm breaking inside. And then the cool thing, I would speak, you know, a month after month, they'd invite me back. And then when we moved over to uh, the old police station, I'd watch Greg and the Shiloh crew come and, and serve dinners. Like, man, that's a good church. <laughs> and then something else happened. And Al's here because he knows this story. But I was, I was in the shower one day and they'd asked me to speak for, for Thanksgiving. And, and I, I'm asking the Lord, God, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? I know they just asked you Thanksgiving. He says this. He's like, Kevin, he's like, I don't want you to speak for Thanksgiving. He's like, I want you to do something different. I want you to, to have an event with 1269. And I want you to invite the whole church. And I want you to do an event called Why He Came Christmas. And what I want you to do is I want you to invite all the church to celebrate Christmas with the homeless. And I want you to, with one message, the reason why I came is because I love them. Because the church needs to come together and they need to learn how to work together and they need to learn how to love the lost. I was like, that's awesome. I was like, but I am just one person. There's no way I could ever put that on. I have no idea. So guess what I do? I go to Henry. <laughs> and I tell him, I was like, listen, I was in the shower, and this is what God said. I don't know what to do, but this is what he told me. He's like, all right. All right, let me think about this. And then the next thing I know, Henry's inviting me to a board meeting at St. Joseph's Cathedral right down the street. And this is where I meet Al. And Al and the board are sitting there. They listen to this and they're like, eh, I think it's a good idea. I think we could do that. I'm like, really? Yeah. So Al, we started playing this event, right? And I didn't know what was going to happen. So literally, I showed up that day not knowing who was going to come, what was going to happen. I start seeing trucks show up. Trucks? There's blankets, there's toiletries, there's boots, there's gift bags. There's a line of people at the door. We we did this event for what, six or seven years? The second year, we had 200 volunteers from 70 different churches represented. 600 people who weren't volunteers came and show up and heard about the love of God. And I got a chance to go down to the visitors and tell them the story and say, listen, you're going to have about 10 minutes because what's going to happen? They're going to go through with a gift bag, with a bag, and you're going to be able to put gifts for them, for their kids, boots, blankets, whatever they need. But you're going to get there. You're going to walk beside them and you're going to get those 10 minutes to love them and show them how much God loves them. And it was amazing. 
And the reason why I bring that up is because sometimes when God, you ask that prayer and you pray that prayer, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. That last verse of in Ephesians, God said, he'll do way more than you could ever think to imagine. Did you ever imagine that, that St. Joe's could be filled with all that stuff? I mean, look at what my part was. And I just told him what God told me. It was crazy. And I'm closing with this, guys, I promise, all right? When you look in Matthew, Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, this is the end of the age. This is the end. When Jesus comes, when, when, when our lives are done, right? Jesus is going to come with all the angels. I just want to actually turn to it in my Bible. And he's going to sit on his throne. And it says here that he's going to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And I want to read this to you. He said, the sheep he's going to place at his right and the goats at his left. He said, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry. And you fed me. For I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And you say, hey, when did I do all these things? I never saw you. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did these things to the least of me, you were doing them for me. You were doing them for me. Every time you took time to feed those hungry, every time you took those time to care for those people who didn't think that they were loved, you were doing it for me. Every time. So today in closing, maybe you're not at that place yet where you can say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Maybe you're not there. But it's my hope that every single person leaves here by being touched by God, by being wrecked by God's love. As you see, I want this city to be transformed. I don't want to be the least church state in the country. I don't want to go every time I drive down Union Street to see prostitutes, to see people bent over because they're, they're so high, they have no idea where they even are. And thank you, New Life, for all you guys do. I see you sitting there. You guys are awesome. Thank you for loving on these ladies. We need more places like that. But I want you guys to come to the place where you can pray, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Because you see, one in two people, they can do something. But if we have an army of people who pray this prayer, an army of people whose hearts are broken for God, for what, what, what breaks God's heart? And they're listening. They're listening to Lord. They're getting wisdom from him. They're not doing things in their own strength like Moses tried to do. You're going to see God do some incredible things. So what I'm going to ask today is that you would pray this prayer. 
And I'm going to say, you know, the, the last song that we sang was about the altar. And, and, I, and honestly, I don't care, you know, but, but I don't know how many times this church has used this altar. But I'm going to say, hey, there's an altar right here. Will you come today and will you ask God to wreck you today? Will you ask God to break you today? And if you haven't been wrecked, if you haven't been broken yet, if you haven't had that revelation of God's love, ask him to come and do it and fill you. Because this world needs God. This world needs a church that's on fire for God. It needs a one that's passionate for God. We can't be complacent anymore. And I know that's why God says we can't, he doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He'll spit us out if we are. What good are we if we're not willing to lay down our lives? He laid down it for us. And if we really love him, we'll love people with his love. So today, I don't know if anybody wants to come up and, and sing or do whatever, but, but this is the prayer. God, I ask you today to wreck me with your love. Open my heart so that I can see people the way you see them. Help me to love people the way that you love them. Give me a heart that breaks for what breaks yours. But this is a prayer between you and God. And if you want to be part of that today, this is your altar right here. And it's not a one and done thing, but it's a lifestyle because it's really difficult to do this. It's really difficult to love people, especially here in the Northeast. And you're going to need to be filled and filled and overflow and know that God's your source. And every day and every week, come back to it and be filled more and more. And that's why I love being here because, man, it's an awesome place. But you need to learn how to do this in your quiet times with the Lord. You need to learn how to do this every day when you're driving to work. And when you encounter those hard people, those people that, that are difficult to love, you need to say, God, help me to love them like you love them because you have no idea what they've been through. So I'm gonna stop talking and I'm gonna give you time. So I don't often do this, but I'm just gonna interrupt for a sec. Um, you know, Kevin is really speaking from his heart about what does it look like for us to, to just move out in a way maybe we've never moved out before. What does it look for us to say, God, would you break our heart for what breaks yours? And, um, you know, he talked about New Hampshire being the least state church. He talked about the opioid crisis. I'd just like to invite Laura uh, just for a second. She came and talked to me while this was going on. We have a, a critical need right now in Manchester that you may not be aware of. I'm not sure if, if I'm capable or, or you might be capable of helping in this need, but it's important for us to know what are the needs around us because who's going to love like Jesus did if it's not the church, right? Can we expect the world to love like Jesus did? Laura, Laura come up for a second and just share real briefly about this need. Thank you. I don't know if you know me, but I um, work at the food ministry, and we have a lady that has been coming in for years now that she helps with foster kids and helps with foster kids as they transition out of the system and um, after they get 18 and often end up homeless. She shared with me on Friday night that... There's 17 kids right now in foster care that don't have a place to be. They are being put into hotel rooms um, with 
people from the foster care system because they don't have homes for them. Um, she was searching for a place to put them all together so they're not in hotel rooms. Um, but what breaks my heart, where these kids have been, the struggles they have had, and most of it is not their doing. They are the victims of whatever's gone on with their parents, whatever else environment has been around them. And as we... She's a voice for them. And how forgotten they often are. And how these kids need God's love. And in many of these environments, they don't get God's love. And I guess I'm just kind of, if you know a place that could house a whole bunch of kids, um, not that you're foster care approved or anything like that, they're looking for resources of places for them. But also just to even put that thought out there, what better way as a lover of God to share your love and his love with kids that have been crushed by whatever circumstances they're coming from. They're lost. Just like Kevin was saying, kids are a wonderful place for us to reach out to. They're searching, they're trying to discover who they are and who they are, hopefully in God, and what they can do as they grow. And we shouldn't be forgetting them. So if you want to talk to me afterwards, I can help put you in touch with her. I don't, I'm not, haven't been in the foster care environment. I think, have you guys? Yeah, the Cybersons have been. They probably can tell you more than I can. But it's a place. If your heart's broken and want to share what God has given you, the love he has given you, it's a wonderful place to do it. Thank you. Back to you, Kev. All right, so uh, with that said, um, I would still love for you guys to take a few minutes. You know, if, that, if what we've spoken here, if, if this prayer really resonates in your heart, to pray it. And when you pray, pray with an expectation that God is going to wreck your heart. He's going to wreck you for, with his love. When you pray this prayer that, that your heart's going to start breaking for what God's heart breaks, expect divine appointments. Expect God to start bringing people into your, your life. And, and <laughs> it may not be convenient, but you know what? That's okay. So I'm going to pray this prayer one more time. If you want to bow your heads. And, and I... I'm just asking you to pray it really only if you mean it and to take some time and and to really think about it. But God, I ask you today to wreck me. Wreck me with your love. God, open my heart so that I can see people the way that you see them. God, help me to love people the way that you love them. And God, give me a heart that breaks for what breaks yours. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you love this city and that you love this community, Lord God. 
And I pray, Lord God, that we would see you work and move. And God, I pray that you would use us, that you would use Shiloh Church, Lord God, to be a vessel. Lord God, to share that love with everybody that lives here. God, thank you for what you've done for us. And God, may we love people the way you love them. In your holy, precious name, Lord, amen.